What's up, everybody? Welcome back. NBA Morning Grind. I am Justin Carlucci here with Will Priester, the Chief. What's up, Will? How's it going? Nothing much, man. Doing good. Uh, definitely glad that the NBA season has resumed. Uh, I do feel like the NBA has some of the better leadership uh, in terms of the, the you know, professional sports. And I think it's shown throughout this transition to, to bubble life, you know, how they kind of build it up. Obviously, I know they had some hiccups. Some didn't want to play. Some wanted to play. But overall, man, I mean, I think you got to tip your cap to Adam Silver and his his crew for just getting it done out there in uh, at Disneyland. I, I think this is great for sports. I actually think this is something that may come back up in the future with fans, you know, an intimate environment. You know, maybe they start doing summer league down there or something like that where they can bring fans in and, they actually stay in a bubble and kind of really turn it into something big. So, uh, you know, I know it's perilous times we're living in with the disease, but uh, I- I'm excited about this NBA season, man. I'm just, I'm glad they, I feel like they got it right. It almost feels like a new season, even though it's not. We've been off for so long. You made a really good point about Adam Silver. Maybe no other commissioner had bigger shoes to fill and they took over because the things David Stern did for the game, marketing, promoting the game, over the past 30-plus years, he really grew the NBA to what it is today. But Adam Silver has been making all the right calls, in my opinion, since he's been taken over. So you pretty much nailed it. And nothing's out of the question. 2020 is crazy. So who knows what's going to happen moving forward in sports and real life, et cetera, you know, schools and education and college basketball. And who knows what the trickle-down effect's going to be. But needless to say, we, we got some NBA hoops going on. Uh, we are recording late on this, what day is it, Thursday night. A lot of big NBA contests. I know we're both kind of sweating some stuff out. Hopefully, when we get off this pod a little later, you'll have uh, some good live scoring updates for me. But, uh, yeah, Will, just want to say thanks. I'm I'm pretty new to RG, so uh, we'll be doing a bunch of podcasts together. So thanks for kind of being my wingman through this. Stevie does an awesome job. He has a lot going on between NASCAR and MLB and, and, uh, and who knows what. So, you know, I'm going to do the best I can. Um, to kind of fill in here in the meantime. So definitely check out everything Stevie's got going on. We got some great NBA content on Roto Grinders, man. There's some good package deals out there right now. Expert surveys, you know, great projections, top of the line ownership models, and the whole nine yards. So, uh, Will, uh, I know before we get into to the Friday slate, there's some huge contests. You've been with Roto Grinders for about two years now. What's What's your journey been like here? Well, it's been good, man. And, you know, if if you haven't had a chance to kind of hear my story, I did do a pod, a morning grind with Dean when we were in somewhat of an off season, um, just kind of kind of detailing, you know, um, how I got linked up. But, man, shout out to Dan Bach. Uh, you know, me and Dan linked up at a live final for uh, baseball, you know, a couple years ago. And um, the rest was kind of history after that, man. And, um, you know, I've been with RG ever since. Really great company, Cam, Cal, Dan, Noto, Cheese, Stevie, um, just everybody you can think of, man. I've had had really good relationships here and just glad to be a part of the team. Yeah, really great group of people here. Some of the best people, if not the best, in the industry here at Roto Grinders. And we're in full swing, man. So I don't even know where to start. You know, the first game of Thursday just ended moments ago. And what a great ending it was. Brandon Ingram with that patent, you know, low percentage step back shot for the win that everybody likes to shoot now. Uh, just missed, but 
kind of really a hell of a game to to start back this culmination of the NBA season. And now we got the Lakers Clippers and and here we are. And honestly, for me, uh, watching it on TV is, isn't a lot different for me watching it on TV. I, I still feel the energy, man. The guys are going all out out there. And um, like I said, it was kind of like Christmas morning for me waking up and researching some NBA. And we got a nice slate tomorrow, Will. So I'll throw it over to you wherever you want to start off tomorrow. We can break it down game by game if you want. And we'll kind of take it, take it as it goes. Yeah, well, let's go game by game because, you know, I heard uh... – um, you know, uh, Chop kind of say on one of the videos, every day is almost going to be like Christmas now because the games are starting early and they're ending late. And one of the things, you know, I, I also want to throw out there, this is from Kenny Smith from TNT. He made a comment when I was kind of watching some of the NBA pre-start uh, stuff. And Kenny said, you know, what you want to think about is with these guys having this four-month layoff, it's all, that was almost like an off-season for them. So a guy like Ja Morant now, who you're thinking is still a rookie, well, this is actually kind of more like year two for him. Uh, Luca's more like in his third year. You know, so a lot of these rookies and second-year players that, you know, we've seen play, you know, and, and it really helped, helped really change my perspective about DFS because a four-month layoff is about what they have anyway before they start training camp and getting back ramped up. And that's kind of what they had. So – you know, yes, on paper, John Moran is a rookie, but, you know, he should come back playing a whole lot better. This is this is more like a second season for him. You know, it is more like a third season for Lucas. So I'm really excited, man, to, to see the progression of these players and um, to break this slate down. So, yeah, man, we got Orlando and Brooklyn at 2.30. 2.30, man. I will be taking a mental half day from my other job for sure to set some of these lineups in. So you got the magic with the uh, the hometown <laughs> hometown narrative there. Every game's a home day, home game for them for as long as they'll be playing in the bubble in Brooklyn. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of action with Brooklyn in the in the four month layoff. You know, wasn't we weren't sure if Kyrie would be back. Uh, there was even rumors of Durant coming back. You know, that was always a long shot. Things like that. But here we are. Brooklyn is extremely shorthanded there. Dinwiddie. Not with the team. Uh, Jamal Crawford looking like he's not going to play as well, I saw earlier. So who is the usage guy on this team? Is it a guy by the name of Karis LeVert? Is he going to be kind of the focal point of this team in the bubble? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, it's all about LeVert. Um, you know, he's a little bit higher priced on FanDuel, over 8K. That's not what we're used to, to paying for him over there. We're usually paying, you know, anywhere from 6K to 7K for him. But, man, if you look at his usage, and I only took off a couple players in, in court IQ. Um, I only took off DeAndre Jordan, Kyrie, and Spencer Dinwiddie because I feel like those guys would have a, a bit more impact. You know, some of the other low usage guys I, I just didn't worry about. But if you look at this team, I mean, Karis LeVert has a 33% usage rate, and uh, he's averaging 1.18 fantasy points per minute. I have to think that, you know, this is going to increase ever so slightly uh, with him being, you know, so much of a focal point more of the game. So, you know, when, when I'm thinking about, you know, viewing this chart, I'm thinking about it where maybe this is a spot where he just had a few minutes here and there with those guys off the court. Well, now the whole game, they're not playing. So you, you got to think he's going to take a few more shots, you know, may, maybe get a few, pad a few more of the other stats. So I think Karis LeVert is a really high upside play. I think on FanDuel, he's overpriced. And for that reason, I think some people may shy away. I think at 8,200, he's a guy I'm, I'm for sure going to uh, be over the field on. And then secondly, I, I also don't want to forget about Jared Allen. 
you know, with him not having DeAndre Jordan, he's always been pretty affordable at 5,800 on DK. Uh, I know that centers, you know, have, have torched Brooklyn, but with him possibly having a few more minutes uh, in, in this lineup and, and him and Levert maybe having to play off each other a little bit, I, I don't hate Jared Allen at 5,800. He could easily put up 50. A couple months ago, we were begging for DeAndre Jordan to sit because we would all play Jared Allen, go to that shock whenever, whenever we got that news. Uh, now everybody has an opportunity to do that. So I'm curious to see what his ownership projections will come in at tomorrow. I think you might have a chance to get some decent ownership. Ben Levert actually a little bit overpriced, but rightfully so. Uh, right now, I believe they're the lowest Vegas total on the board, uh, over under that is. Um, so that is certainly interesting. But Levert is one of these players who's really grown since he's become in the league, and he really takes advantage of every opportunity that he gets. There's going to be some ugly chalk tomorrow around the league, man. I'm just scrolling through who Brooklyn actually has and, and the pricing on DraftKings. I'm seeing Tyler Johnson, 3,200. You know, people have some shares of him. You know, he has 6X plus upside, as always. Uh, but he's a guy who I feel like when he's chalky, he never comes through. You know, there's just those guys. Uh, it's kind of like in PGA. Paul Casey chalk never comes through if if any of us play PGA, you know exactly what, what I'm talking about. So um, definitely some interesting plays on the Brooklyn side of the ball. Uh, you know, Orlando's a team that I just don't enjoy targeting players against. They're just so vanilla. They're slow. They're boring. Uh, they don't really turn the ball over, you know. I don't know. I just feel like Orlando's like this death trap whenever I pick players and, and put them in games against them. But you got a guy like Levert, whose usage is going to be through the roof, young player with something to prove. Um, you know, he's going to be overshadowed by Kyrie and Kevin Durant as early as next year. So this guy wants to consider himself maybe part of a big three. And uh, I think this could be not the start of something special because Levert has been so good. But uh, just kind of a, a continuing proving point for Karis Levert to engrave his name in, in Brooklyn basketball as that whole team kind of evolves. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I, I love that point. Like I said, I'm I'm going to be invested in Levert for sure because I know he has the upside. I mean, he's put up 60 with Dinwiddie playing a couple times last season. So I, well, I'm saying last season, this season. Uh, but yeah, I, I like Levert for sure. My favorite play on this team by far. I agree. I agree. I'm probably not going to have a ton of exposure other than a Levert, maybe some Tyler Johnson shares, depending on what I'm playing. You know, anytime Garrett Temple's over 4,000, I'm, I'm generally not interested. Um, you know, plus he's a veteran, you know, how much are they actually going to run him in the bubble? You know, uh, during these kind of qualifying stages here. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there on Karis LeVert. How about Orlando, man? Let's flip to the other side of the ball. What do you got for me? Well, I mean, I, look, man, if, if you've been playing fantasy as long as I have, and I, I know you have, uh, Nikola Vucevic has got to be at the top of your list at, at the center position on this slate. I mean, look, there's some other great centers, don't get me wrong, but centers against Brooklyn has been a thing now for about, I, I want to say, three or four seasons, and nothing's changed. Uh, you know, Vooch should be able to to come out and, and, and do what he does, score 20 points, get 10 to 12 rebounds, a block or two, four or five assists, boom. There's your stat line for Vooch. So I like him a lot. I, I think he's a really high upside play here. Um, and I also, I think Evan Fournier is playable. 
at 5,600 on D, I, I, I really think he's playable. Now, I'm not going to have a lot of exposure, but anytime I can get, you know, the Frenchman himself for under 6K, I'm typically interested because I know he's got, you know, 35 to 40 point upside if everything breaks his way. So I just, Evan Fournier is more of a price play. You know, I don't think he's, you know, I think he's a better play than Terrence Ross. Let me say that. I feel like people gravitate to Terrence Ross more because he's coming off the bench and they think he's got the usage. And he does. But still, I, I still think Evan Fournier is a really good play. Um, outside of that, you know, Jonathan Isaac, obviously we know he's got upside. I, I don't I don't hate him as well. But, uh, I well, Fournier and uh, Vucevic, th- those are my top two. Isaac would come in as the third wheel for me. I know he's got the upside, but I still trust Fournier shooting a lot more. Make a good point. Another point is, you know, Brooklyn's pretty shorthanded, and Jared Allen is uh, statistically commits a lot of fouls. So if Vooch gets Jared Allen in early foul trouble, who are they going to plug in the middle there? It's, it could be a feast fest for, for Vooch in, in the middle there for many reasons. He's under 9K on DraftKings, always in play when he's under 9K. Um, one thing that I started looking into, uh, not, not heavily, I don't live and die by it, but it gives me more reason to maybe pick between a couple of players is um, pick and roll. The NBA is a pick and roll game and Brooklyn is statistically in the bottom of the barrel and pick and roll defense. I don't know if it's schematically, it hasn't mattered if it was Kyrie or Dinwiddie up top or Jared Allen or DeAndre in the center. Um, but if you can find a good pick, a, a guy who runs a pick and roll at a high frequency, and this is, these are numbers that are just available on NBA advanced stats and things like that. Um, you can have success. Uh, for example, Damian Lillard seems to always torch Brooklyn and he's a guy who runs pick and roll some of the top or you know, some of the highest amounts of times in the league. Uh, Fournier and Markel Fultz both run a ton of pick and roll. Um, they lead the, the magic in pick and roll possession. So I, I can definitely see Fournier. What is he? 5,600 on on DK, so there's a guy who, I mean, you know, not you know, not common to go seven times value, uh, but it's possible. You know, 5,600, I mean, if he went for 35, I'd be like, damn, that's a good game for Evan Fournier, but I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, Fultz, speaking of a young player who really, really, you know, turned some heads was Markel Fultz, and I'm a Sixers fan, and so I'm going to openly admit this, that I was wrong. Markel Fultz has really come a long way in the last year, year and a half. Man, he, he has looked pretty good in Orlando Magic uniform, and kudos to them for taking a shot on the young kids. So uh, Fultz is kind of cheap, too. I'm not going out of my way to grab shares of Fultz, but he's 5,100. He's going to get a lot of run, um, runs the pick and roll quite a bit. So, you know, those are some good tournament plays in my eyes. I don't have FanDuel right in front of me, um, so I don't know how the position layout is. But, you know, those are guys I consider maybe last man in kind of thing in roster construction. Um, but yeah, you, you pretty much nailed it there. Vuce is definitely in play all formats for me, and uh, he should have a pretty, uh, pretty high chance to, to put out a nice output against Jared Allen in Brooklyn tomorrow. Yeah, and one last thing, and this is just a blanket statement. This isn't about this game, although I will mention it. In on FanDuel, some players have now changed positions. So, so like the slate today. We've been used to Paul George being at that small forward position. Well, now he's in the shooting guard slot on FanDuel, which really changes my approach when I start playing Clippers. And kind of the same thing for this Orlando team. I've been so accustomed to Fournier being in the shooting guard spot. Well, now he's in a small forward spot. So just just kind of check that as you're going through for FanDuel. Certain players, not everyone, they've kind of flopped positions. 
Um, you know, same thing like Jared Allen. We were used to him being at power forward on FanDuel. He's now at center. So, you know, if you're playing on FanDuel, just, just kind of check that and make sure, you know, you, you know where your players are playing their positions. Now they have flip-flopped a few of them. Just for – I might be beating a dead horse for, for advanced players and guys who have been playing for a while and things like that. Um, I know you play a lot of FanDuel now. The easiest way to differentiate your lineup is in multi-entry is playing a couple of different centers, maybe fading the chalk at center. I mean, it's just kind of logical. You only pick one center on FanDuel every other position you have too. You know, one of the most common conversations among the community is – how do I differentiate my lineups on DraftKings? How do I avoid the chalk? You don't really need to get too crazy on FanDuel on some nights if you just, you know, maybe you do you fade the, the highest own project center kind of thing. And uh, there are a lot of guys in the center position that are, are in shape to have a good nights tomorrow. I mean, you got, got a lot of talented guys in this league. You got DeAndre Ayton there. What are they playing? Washington. We'll get to that a little later. That should be a fun up and down game. But, yeah, he made a lot of good points there, Chief. Let's move on. Let's go to Memphis-Portland. Uh, another game that should be a lot of fun. We just talked about Ja. Um, a lot of good guard play in this game. Obviously, we know what Portland's all about. Um, but Memphis, man, I mean, th- there's a team who uh, has really been, I don't know, mediocre for a while. You had the Marcus Gasol days and Zebo, And I just feel like every year we watch them in OKC, you know, battle it out in the playoffs like six, seven years ago. And they really needed to turn things around. They really needed some new culture. And here we are, John Morant, man. What what a stud. So uh, talk to me about this game, man. Where do you want to start? Yeah, I, I like Ja. I think this team, I mean, everything's going to be running through him. Like I said, if you think that if you think that he's a second-year player now, and I, I'm going to approach it as such, man. He's already wrapped up rookie of the year, obviously. This is now season two. I love Ja Morant. 6,300 on FanDuel. Uh, on DK, uh, wait a minute, sorry, I was pulling up. He's 7K. I still think it's a fair price for this matchup. I do think this is going to be another game where maybe they get up and down a little bit. Um, I think this game has some hidden gems. And, and one of the guys I wanted to talk about was Brandon Clark. I, I really like Brandon Clark in this game because I think, you know, if you're looking at this team, Portland is going to play big. I am interested to see how they handle Whiteside and Nurkic in terms of minutes distribution and how that all works together. But if, but it seems as if this Portland is going to stay big most of the game, which means we could see an extra three to four minutes for a guy like Brandon Clark. Zach Collins is back for Portland. This is a big team. I, I really like Brandon Clark. I think he's a sneaky player off the bench. You know, if you've seen him play last year, he was very efficient, came in the game. He played 20 minutes, you know, 10 points, five, six rebounds. Three, four, six, stuff like that. So Brandon Clark is a guy I want to highlight. Um, I do think Jaron Jackson is a touch too cheap on FanDuel. I don't know why he's 4700 I, I I think that's a, a, a very, very – I think that's a misprice. Well, guess what? You come over to DK, same thing. I, I just – I really like these bigs from Memphis with job because I think they're going to have to be on the floor. Not, not to take anything away from Valanchunas. But Valanciunas is 7,800, and I can get Clark for 41. I can get Jackson for uh, 49. I, I think those two guys, incredibly too underpriced for this, for, this, for this particular slate. It's not often where both sites have the same guy that's ridiculously underpriced, you know, in my opinion. But, yeah, look at Jaron Jackson, 4,900 on DraftKings. Uh, I was shocked. That was the first guy that caught my attention there. Uh, you can get Brandon Clark for 41. So uh, if you like that approach, you can kind of 
hedge yourself a little there. If you go multi, kind of, you know, pick pick your spots here, play one and one lineup, one and the other. Um, you know, Portland has you know been exposed to the power forward position uh, from time to time. So I definitely can see that being a thing. But, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see this Memphis team. They're definitely – uh, one of the more exciting teams to watch in the bubble. They got nothing to lose, man. They're down here in Orlando trying to figure themselves out. Um, what do they got to lose? Nothing. Dylan Brooks, the guy who's really come on, not this year. Well, I guess this year. But if you're considering this another season for someone, man, talk about a kid who's not gun-shy either. He'll shoot the ball whenever he gets it. He's always got the green light. Uh, he's in the 5K range here on DraftKings. You know, a guy I'm not exactly – going to go out of my way to get shares of but he's got a 25 percent usage rate actually you know jaw's got a 26 percent usage rate so they're right there dylan brooks is a, a pretty big part of this offense i think he's a decent tournament target i uh, wouldn't wouldn't really go out of my way to play him optimally unless some news broke there um but there's definitely some young talent on this memphis team and uh, i think just seeing how they develop in uh, the rotations you know the rest of this season could really be telling moving forward with, with a team like that Absolutely, man. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Then Portland, I mean, we know what the Blazers are all about. I mean, Dame Dalla, 9,300 here on DK. McCollum, 7,500. McCollum is one of the industry's favorites to play, you know, in cash games when he's kind of around that price there. He's a guy who typically never kills you. Every once in a while, he'll go for like 45, 50. But he always seems to float around that four and a half to five times value range. So, um, you know, if I'm kind of playing cash games, I'm not really sure what to do. Uh, at shooting guard, McCollum's going to be one of the first guys that I am going to look into. You know, he's really going to uh, pretty much be second on that team in usage. And whenever he's on the court without Dame, he's going to be the primary ball handler there. So uh, McCollum's going to be one of the first guys I look at on the Portland side of the ball. Uh, definitely interested to see what they do with Nurk, um, uh, with uh, Nurk and Whiteside. I'm surprised Whiteside wasn't moved earlier, uh, to be honest with you. I just you know, thought it was a strange fit. Um, a couple months ago, they brought in Carmelo, and we're, you know, we're like, everybody's super excited. And the other half of everyone's like, well, this is kind of their last-ditch effort to kind of rate the ship here. Just thought it was a weird fit. Don't get me wrong. Love seeing Melo back on the court. I think it's great for the game, great for the fans. But I always just thought that was a weird fit. And he's a guy that just chews into everyone else's usage. He just kind of screws everything else up when he's on the court. I think Melo will play a ton, um, but he'll play he'll play enough where he is relevant. I, I, you know, he's another guy floating around that five K range there for Portland. Yeah, absolutely, man. For for me, I think the big decision is how are you going to approach this team with Nurkic back in the lineup? And I I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but you know if we think about Nurkic being there when it was just him, Dame, and and uh, and McCullum, you know, Nurkic was more like a 20 and 10 guy, you know, 20 points, 10 rebounds, blocks, assists, a couple of steals. Like, that, that's kind of who he was. Well, now Whiteside is there. So we've got this log jam at center. We've got Dane and, uh, and CJ, who are going to have primary ball handling responsibilities. And then you've got uh, senior isolation, uh, Carmelo Anthony out there, who's, who's, who's also going to have to get a few shots up. And I didn't get a chance to see Portland play in the scrimmages. This is the team I actually wanted to see because Nurkic being there, now with Carmelo in the mix and Whiteside, I, this this team, I, I, I'm not sure what their identity is going to be 
coming back into it. And like I said, Zach Collins is back as well. Like he, he was kind of a big part of their playoff push. Collins, you know, last season really stepped up for them with Nurkic being out. And so I think they've got a lot of bodies and trying to sort out this rotation may cause problems. I do still like the game overall. I'm probably going to be a little bit lighter on Portland and I probably should be for this slate. But I think Phoenix and Washington is going to clear that up for me, and I won't feel so bad. But I'm, I'm really, I'm really concerned about how this team is going to work. I know guys are going to play minutes, but how how are the minutes going to flow together? That's my concern. Yeah, and there's a team that seemed to have chemistry issues even before they brought in Melo. You know, you bring a guy like Whiteside. Obviously, no one expects Nurk to go down and get hurt. But like you said, now you just got a log jam. So. What, what what's your purpose here? You know, what are you going to play for the last, you know, couple of games here with, with everything going on, you know, really got to figure themselves out in a hurry if they really want to make these, uh, make these games count. Um, 225 and a half over under right now, two and a half point favorite. The Blazers are actually favorite two and a half points here. So, um, you know, Vegas thinks it'll be a competitive game should have a decent pace to it. I think both are top 15 uh, in tempo and pace. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, this Suns-Wizards game that you uh, alluded to is definitely going to be uh, where there's going to be some pretty high-owned players across the board. Obviously, the late game, you have two of the biggest studs with the highest ceilings on the plate uh, with Harden and Luka. We'll get to that at the end. Got to save the best for last. But Phoenix and Washington, uh, two more young teams. The Suns, a lot of electric talent there. DeAndre Ayton's under 8K on DraftKings. Uh a guy who, you know, I'm always considering missed some time earlier this year. Um, but before COVID, this guy was playing 33, 34, 35 minutes a game. Uh, really, really solid floor whenever he's priced below 8K. I kind of think he'll pick up where he left off. The Wizards are a team where you can pretty much attack wherever you want. You pick a position and their DVP is generally pretty bad. Um, and they play so fast that it kind of doesn't even matter. Um, so I'm looking at Aiton and, and obviously the elephant in the room is Devin Booker will carry a ton of ownership there. We all know what Devin Booker's about, but Ricky Rubio is a guy who was having a hell of a year, 7,400 on DraftKings. He was kind of doing it all, um, you know, before COVID really exceeded expectations. I think just had such a good year. Um, really, really happy for Ricky Rubio when he's been doing with the sun. So uh, I like Rubio uh, kind of in all formats tomorrow. Um, I think there's going to be a high up and down, up and down game. And I think, uh, you know, if I'm betting, I actually probably take the over in this one too. So uh, what are you thinking, Phoenix, Washington? Yeah, um, starting on the Phoenix side, I mean, Devin Booker's obviously your guy. I do feel like Booker's a tad overpriced on DK, just a tad, not just a touch. But I think in this matchup, obviously, he can still get there. I'd much rather have Devin Booker at about 7,900, but that's not the slate we have. So uh, Devin Booker at 8,800, I think he's slightly overpriced, but it's still fair. Uh, DeAndre Ayton at 79. Um, I think he's my favorite play from, from, from the Suns. Uh, I, I really like the fact that he's starting to add that three-point ball to his game. I mean, imagine if he could sink, you know, two, three balls a game now, along with his inside presence. Uh, this is really going to help him in this offense. So I, I like that about him. Uh, you mentioned Rubio, Rubio 7,400. I definitely think he's a better play on FanDuel at 65. Uh, you know, sure. I still like him at 74, but 6,500 on FanDuel, that's like the sweet spot. I mean, yep. this almost feels like an automatic 40 for Ricky in this, in this game. I mean, 
you, you got to think he's going to hit double-digit assists against it, up and down, up and down. I, I'm going to have Ricky probably projected for about 40 to 45 fantasy points, which is probably going to be over the median for Woo. most people. Like that. But, but you know, you got to think. Here's the stat line for Ricky Rubio. This might be my hot take of the day. Not necessarily a hot take, but here's my stat line for Ricky. 13 points, 12 assists, five rebounds, three steals, and a block. I think I think that's a classic Ricky Rubio stat line against Washington as long as he gets the minutes. And I think he's going to get the minutes. So I've, I've got Ricky projected for about 40 to 45 fantasy points. I really like him in this spot. Yeah, um, like I said, especially on FanDuel at sixty five hundred. Yeah, there's one of those guys where there's about a thousand in price difference and could really make the world a difference. That you know, I would expect him to carry some pretty significant ownership, and he'll probably be uh, one of the first people I look at on FanDuel when I'm setting my lineups there. But yeah, Washington, hundred and fifteen defensive rating, good for dead last in the NBA up until this point. So should be a lot of points in that game for sure, for sure. Um, just looking here. Yeah, I mean, that that's my favorite game that we've talked about so far. If uh, out of these three games, uh, I can tell you for sure I'll have the most exposure uh, to my, if I, if I won 50 max anything, probably, probably to that, uh, to that game. Uh, obviously, you know, Shabazz Napier, I think is interesting, you know, guy who got moved earlier. Um, guy that's hard to get right sometimes, but you want to talk about ceiling? 5,700 on DraftKings before COVID. Last two games he played, he, had, he logged 40 and 38 minutes. Um, he was balling before he went to Washington, too. I was actually surprised he got moved. And I was actually surprised he went to Washington, to be honest with you. But Shabazz Napier is a guy who, who's great for tournaments, always super high ceiling. Another guy who always has the green light, too. Yeah, absolutely, man. Shabazz is a guy that I like. Um, obviously, like I said, we know that they moved uh, a fair amount of players. Um, and look, this is a very, very, very small sample size, okay? So I don't want people to get carried away. I'm fully admitting to you that this is a really, really small sample size. But I still think it's relevant to demonstrate what will happen in this game if he gets the minutes. So we had a fair amount of people leave Washington. Bradley Beal is not playing. Davis Bertans is not playing. This is in 13 minutes, okay? But I, and so I, I, I'm not trying to over-exaggerate. I'm just saying he had a 41.4% usage rate, and he was averaging 1.5 fantasy points per minute. Now, look, that's in 13 minutes. I know it's small sample size, but my point is, even if we want to re-marginalize this, I'm going to assume Shabazz Napier has a 30 to 32% usage rate in, in, under a normal circumstance, and I'm assuming he's going to average about one2 fantasy points per minute at 5,700. If he gets 30 minutes, uh, he's going to crush value. So I, I really like Shabazz here. Um, I also don't want to take away from Ish Smith because if they split minutes right down the middle, Ish Smith may end up being your guy for at 4k. I mean, 1700 less when I feel like they may be in a little bit more of a timeshare than they let on. Uh, I like Ish at, Ish at 4k. Uh, and I think Ish used to play for the Suns at one point. Might be a little bit of narrative streak there. Maybe he's remembering himself in that Suns uniform, and uh, maybe he wants to torture him a little bit. Uh, I'll leave the narratives up, up to Allen, though. But I really do like this Washington team. I do think Rui Hachimura is a little bit overpriced on fan, on DK. I don't like him at 7,400. 
I'd rather him prove to me uh, that he can get it done at this price. Yes. But I understand no Bertans, no Kelly Oubre. Like, I understand guys are going to be out. But at 7,400, I will gladly take a wait-and-see approach. At 5,600 on FanDuel, I will gladly play Rui as one of my power forwards, you know, in terms of, you know, get some exposure to him there at 56. I think that price is a lot more fair. Massive difference in price. I, I couldn't agree more. Who else on that team is going to demand shots? Nobody. There's nobody on this team. Oh, now listen, Troy, Troy Brown is going to get it in now. Yeah. Troy Brown is going to get it in. But okay. I'm saying overall, you know, it, it's a three to four man show there right now. Oh, yeah. And that's what we want. We, we're looking at our shots from a fantasy perspective there, for sure. For yeah. sure. And, and look, I don't want people to think we forgot about Thomas Bryant, but everybody knows to play Thomas Bryant at this price. Like, and maybe we should tell you. So if I didn't tell you, you need to play Thomas Bryant. He's 4,600. Like, j- just play him. But, you know, overall, you know, those are guys that, you know, I, I think you want to get some exposure to. Absolutely. This is a team that's going to look a lot different than it did four months ago, for sure, when they take the court. And it's supposed to, you know, according to Vegas, it'll be a competitive game. So, Absolutely. I mean, what, what more do you want? What more do you need to play Shabazz Napier, guys? I mean, we're just going to end it at that because, really, you got to look at Shabazz Napier, man. High floor, high ceiling. I, I'll probably shoot 17, 18 times, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe more. Who knows, man? But Thomas, uh, Troy Brown. Guy that was really scrappy, scrappy player, up and down, plays good defense. So, yeah, I could see if he, you know, if he actually is able to get up, you know, 13, 14 shots here, 4,700 on DK. I do not hate that. I do not hate that at all. What do you got for Troy Brown on FanDuel over there, Chief? 4,600. Okay. Um, and, look, all these guys all these guys on Washington are pretty cheap for the most part on FanDuel. Now, Shabazz is more expensive. He's a 6,200 on FanDuel. I'm still going to have a sprinkle of Shabazz in there for sure. Like, no way I'm fading him against uh, against Phoenix on this slate. No way. No, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Um, you know, another note, I guess, is that Kelly Oubre hasn't practiced. We won't see him. Um, no, I don't think Oubre's playing. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. Uh, looks like Aaron Baines practiced. So. Yeah, he's already ruled out anyway. So, I mean, we're we're looking at two teams who are shorthanded. Vegas likes the total. It's going to be competitive. (sighs) This is this is going to be one of the most. This is probably the most popular game to to get pieces around your Luca or your Harden. Um, You know, we we talked about the the Sacramento Spurs game a little bit before the show. We'll get to that. There's going to be some uh, pieces there too. But uh, you're going to see a lot of ownership carried in this. Phoenix Washington game at, at four o'clock tomorrow. I love that. Four o'clock. That's yes. awesome, man. So good deal there. Let's move on here. Boston, Milwaukee, two powerhouse teams in the East. Should be a nice battle here. I guess just initial thoughts. Let's see what Vegas has this game at. Boston, Milwaukee, Bucks five point favorites, 218 over under. Yeah. And, and that makes tons of sense to me, man, because. We, we already know that Kimball Walker is only going to play very limited minutes. I mean, they're saying around, I think, 18 minutes or so, 18 to 20 minutes. Um, so, you know, with that being the case, I, I definitely like the total there. I, I think that's fairly accurate. And DraftKings has already responded by giving us Marcus Smart at 6,400, whom I will probably not be playing at all. Uh, nothing against Marcus Smart. I, I really like him as a player. But this is a fantasy game, and uh, it's uh, salary-based. 
and I just do not want to play uh, uh, Marcus Smart at 6,400 in this spot. Uh, I, ju I just think there are much better values out there. Um, you know, a couple guys I do like, I do, uh, Jalen Brown at 6,900. Um, I, I do like that price. I, I think with, with a little bit less Kemba, maybe picks up a few more shots. I think he's got 40-point upside in this spot. Game should be competitive. Uh, might not be the fastest-paced game on the board, but um, I, I definitely think, you know, we can get some exposure there. I think the wild card here is Jason Tatum because we got so used to Jason Tatum before that break. I mean, the guy was just on, on another planet in terms of his scoring, in terms of his fantasy scoring, and uh, really putting up good performances. And I, I, after this reset, we're going to have to determine whether or not he's come back down to earth. I don't like this price on Jason Tatum at 8,700. Um, I, I know he's got 50-point upside. He's another guy I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach on, even though Kimba's going to be out. I know his usage goes up a tad. I, I just – I don't like the price. I think there's better value uh, than paying 8,700 for, for Jason Tatum. Yeah, Tatum was so good before the break. And momentum is a funny thing, especially with young players. You know, he was on a real heater for quite some time. Stop playing ball for four or five months, and uh, who knows? It might be better, like you said, just to wait and see. It's weird you know, without looking, you know, if you don't follow uh, all advanced stats closely in this and that, you probably wouldn't think that Milwaukee led the league in pace, right? I mean, it's just uh, uh, interesting there. Uh, we won't have Eric yeah. Brunson tomorrow. He's out. So that's definitely uh, on the coin flip there. That's interesting. Chris Middleton, I guess like a 5 or 6% usage boost, I think. So, you know, he's a guy who people might look at the, uh, you know, the DVP, some of that red there uh, with, the, with the Boston defense and maybe get a little gunshot Middleton. But uh, for me, you know, usage trumps matchup for me typically. Uh, you know, there's various opinions on that. Some people, you know, love playing guys in soft matchups only. But uh, I'll definitely have my eye on Chris Middleton. Uh, let's see, what is he tomorrow? Middleton on DK is... 7,500. It's about right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no Bledsoe tomorrow. So, for me, in a, a competitive game, uh, you know, I, I'm looking at Chris Middleton. That's what catches my eye first. Yeah, man, uh, I, I like that call. I, I'm going to throw two other guys in there because Giannis is obviously the obvious play from this particular game. 10-5, uh, I mean, he's the guy you want if you want exposure to this game. We know he's got 60, 70, 80-point upside. Um, not saying it's going to show up tomorrow. Uh, I definitely think 60 is reasonably in the cards. I mean, I think the guy scored 30 points in 20 minutes the other day in the scrimmage. So <laughs> that, that should tell you all you need to know about, you know, what's going on with Giannis Antetokounmpo. But I do want to point out, not only is Bledsoe out, Mr. Pat Connington is out as well. We're going to probably get Dante DiVincenzo at 25 minutes at, at minimum, I think. I think we'll get a little bit of George Hill around 25, 30 minutes, 3,800 for George Hill. This guy's a, a pro's pro. We, we saw what he was able to do in the playoffs last year, came up clutch, really, really played well for this team. I think George Hill getting 25 to 28 minutes for 3,800. I, I, I like that. So especially for the price, 3,800 and then 4,900 for DiVincenzo. I think these are two guys, you know, I'm not going to hit the lock button, but I think we get sprinkles of them. And then one guy that I want to point out on FanDuel that I just think is uh, underpriced, we're getting Jalen Brown under 6K. He's 5,800. 
on FanDuel. Wow. That's exceptional pricing. I mean, I don't know what was happening over there. Uh, you know, somebody must have hit the pipe before they, they uh, <laughs> let, let this pricing out. But 5800 for Jalen Brown in this spot, I, I, that, that gets me excited because we know he's going to have to carry some of the offensive load with Kemba only playing limited minutes. Wings against Milwaukee can be a thing. Uh, it is a thing. You can attack Milwaukee uh, with wings, and that, that is a generous price for, for Jalen for sure. George Hill, DK, 3,800. This is a guy who averaged, uh, like, what, 0.93 DK points per minute without Bledsoe. So, I mean, you get 25 minutes out of George Hill. I mean, you're looking at, you know, you're looking at, you can get some six times value out of George Hill. Um, you know, this is you made a great point, you know, getting some Giannis shares, obviously the late game, prime time, Friday night, Luca, Harden. What's Giannis ownership going to be like, in your opinion? Uh, what do you think? What do you think between those three studs? We can kind of go off on a little tangent here. But since we're on Giannis now, is he going to be out of those three? Will he be the lowest owned, do you think, tomorrow? I definitely think Luca's going to get more ownership than Giannis because of the spot playing Houston. You know, it's perceived to be a much better spot. Um, so, excuse me, I, I, I don't know, I almost burped there. Sorry, sorry, listeners, please forgive me for that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I definitely think Luka gets more ownership than Giannis. He's a little bit cheaper uh, on FanDuel. Um, on DK, uh, Luka is pretty much the same price. I still think he gets more ownership. I think Giannis comes in in, in the low 20s. That, that's where I've kind of got, got Giannis. I think Giannis comes in at the low 20s, especially if you're thinking that this Washington-Phoenix uh, game is probably going to have the ownership. They've got cheap enough pieces to where you can run, you know, a few of those cheap guys and, and put, you know, put in Giannis, put in Luka, put in Westbrook, who's a little underpriced. So I think Giannis comes in in, in the low 20s. Um, and so, you know, and I think Luca probably will come in, you know, over 30. That's, that's my personal view of the slate. Obviously, you know, we got Chris Gimino that's going to crunch this thing down for us. And when we wake up, we may have some ownership, but that's just me kind of glancing at the slate and, and giving it my best guess. So I got stat news pulled up here last two years against Boston. Uh, this goes back to November of 2018. <laughs> Yeah, five games, Giannis's lowest DK total is 52. 52, 53, 55, 61, 67. Yeah. That's some fire right there, my man. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, it's not a lock. Anything can happen. Who knows with minutes. And Milwaukee was one of the most frustrating teams before the break because every night they were sitting at least one guy. And, you know, you can't blame them. They could do it. They were such a dominant force <laughs> early in the year. But it was yeah. either Bledsoe or Middleton or Bledsoe and Middleton. Or, you know, at the next game, maybe Giannis will sit this one. Now, George Hill, you take a seat now, you know. So every, every game yeah. you're like bringing up court IQ, you know, 10 minutes before lock, you're like, oh, my God. But now, I mean, it looks like we know what we're going to get. Uh, today, tomorrow, on Friday, whatever time it is, it's almost midnight here uh, on the East Coast. But I think Giannis is a really, really sneaky tournament play tomorrow. Yeah, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Uh, should should be a fun game for sure. Um, let's move on here. Got about yes. 20 minutes left here in the pod. Let's yes. talk about Kings game. This Kings Spurs game. You're licking your chops over there, Chief. Oh my God! Listen, I've, I've been holding it in. This is my favorite sneaky game on this slate. Oh, I've been waiting to talk about this game. I think we've got some key people out. 
that are really going to influence uh, the performances of some of these guys. I know we've been starting with the away team. I, I want to start with the Spurs. All right, and I know, I, I know we hate the Spurs. Listen, I don't enjoy Greg Popovich dropping bombs on us in the middle of the game where a guy plays five minutes and then he doesn't play anymore. I hate it. It sucks really bad. I also don't like it when a guy gets ruled out five minutes before the game, like DeMar DeRozan with a shin injury or something like that, and he's rusty. I hate it. But in this particular bubble scenario, we already know that Trey Lyles is out. We already know that LaMarcus Aldridge is out. Uh, we also already know that Brian, Brian Forbes isn't going to play. We've got DeMar DeRozan with essentially the keys to the ship here. He can essentially do whatever he wants. We've got uh, Davis Bertans, not Davis Bertans, Jesus, Jakob Poto, who is probably a thorn in our side because every time we see Aldridge out, we say, oh, plug in Poto, and then at the end of the night, he has 20 fantasy points. Well, I think we take shots on these guys. I think we play a little bit of Lonnie Walker. I think we play a little bit of DeJounte Murray. I, I-, I think this is a sneaky good team for this slate to get off of some of the Washington chalk I just – I really like this team, man, from San Antonio. Because if you look at the prices, uh, you know, Derek White, 5,700. Um, Lonnie Walker, 3,200. DeJounte Murray, 6,100. DeMar DeRozan, 7,700. You've got Jakob Pohl at 47. And then my sneaky play of the night, you know, give me some Luka Samanich at 3K. You know, they're down big, man. I really think this guy may play – 20 minutes. I, I, I like it here, man. He was in the, he was in the G League, so he's a rookie or was a rookie. He was in the G League when the season was rolling. He came in, played a little bit against Brooklyn, uh, didn't do as well. But hey, I'm not worried about that. 3K. This is a guy I'm gonna you know get some slight exposure to. Didn't mean to hog up the pod so much about the Spurs, but I really like these cheap Spurs to get off of what should be cheap Washington chalk. Nah, Chief, I'm, I'm glad. I've only known you about an hour, and I've never seen you this excited before, man. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, for real. I mean, <laughs> you could look at both sides of the ball here. Alex Len's out, and even if he played, there is some real generous pricing on FanDuel on the King side of the ball, too. Rashawn Holmes, 3900 Are you kidding me? Jabari Parker, under 4K. I know he was getting eased back into option uh, action, but uh, I'm definitely going to look up, uh, you know, some beat writers tomorrow. And uh, usually you can't believe what you, what you read on Twitter all the time, but for people that are newer to play in DFS, definitely start compiling your list of beat writers and people to follow. Um, obviously, you don't want to believe everything you read, but it's just nice. You know, abs- absorb as much information as you can. Don't get swayed by certain people. Um, you know, don't let me get you off a play. Don't let Chief get you off a play that you really like. Because at the end, you all have to make your own decisions. But it's really nice having as much information as you can. But I'm looking, I'm looking at the Kings here on FanDuel. Harry Giles, 4,200. Rashawn Holmes, 3,900. Jabari Parker, 3,700. Uh, Belitz is 4,500. He's had some huge games, too. Marvin Bagley's not playing. So here we are. Harrison Barnes is under 5K. The Spurs were, I think, what are they, top 10 worst in defensive rating in the league? Yeah, and, and Buddy Heald is under 6K. Buddy Heald, 5,500, yeah. I mean, come on. I, I, I have, I'll I, be honest with you, I haven't looked a ton into Jabari Parker quite yet. I was swamped in the real world today. I was doing a yeah, lot. Yeah, we're of, good, man. Yeah, I was doing a lot of, um, you know, work for this two-game slate, which is still going on. 
but it's kind of like DraftKings just gave up because Jabari Parker's 3K flat on DK. Um, I know yeah. maybe he won't play a lot, but it's just like there's some value in this game. Yeah, this, this is a value game. I mean, it, it really is, Justin. Like, and here's the thing, too. I, I, will, I will say this because I feel like I glossed over it and I want to make sure I'm giving great, accurate analysis. You are Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Lonnie Walker will be starting tomorrow. He started every scrimmage that the Spurs have had. Lonnie Walker is 3,200. I'm telling you right this man, this is a perfect scenario to just help you get off of some of the Washington Phoenix cheap chalk. I, I, I really like this game, man. I, I, th- this is one I, I'm really, really excited about. Kent Bazemore, I think, is going to have a little bit more of a prominent role. Uh, I, I like it. I just – look, I don't like Kent Bazemore, but they're probably going to play him 25 to 30 minutes. I, right. At any rate, I'm more interested in the Spurs than, the, than Sacramento. But I, I do – I, I, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I like the game as a, to- as, as a whole, man. I, I, I'm, I'm pumped about playing some Spurs tomorrow. I just hope Greg Popovich does not come back to hunt. It could be a total slop fest, but that's not always a bad thing when there's a ton of value out there. Um, you know, you need a steel trap when you play DFS, especially NBA, like a, a steel trap mind. You know, it's kind of like stocks. I don't know a ton about stocks. I can hold my own. Oh, man. You You're just speaking my language. You just, you know, I, I dabble, you know, I dabble, but like you just need to move on and Kent Bazemore's the guy I just never get right. So whenever someone just says his name, I just immediately go like, oh, like I want to throw up. But, uh, you know, he ha- you know he could definitely provide value tomorrow for sure. A Vegas thinks it'll be a close game. There aren't really any crazy spreads or anything in the last day or two. Uh, Kings are favored by three. But you're right. It's going to be the DeMar DeRozan show. If you're targeting high usage guys on the slate, he's got to be the top top five tomorrow for sure in terms of usage. So he's going to get his tomorrow. But – that is an ideal game. You know, get off that Wizards chalk, get off that Suns chalk, mix it up a little bit. You know, mix and match. You know, you want, you know, not, we're not saying dismiss everybody from that Wizards game because I think we both express how much we like Shabazz. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. But th- you, I agree with you fully. This is a game to look out for. You know, get a little bit of that late push action in as the second last game on the slate uh, leading up to the Houston Dallas game. You got anything on that? King Spurs game, or should we go on to uh, the last game of slate here? Man, I think I think we're good, man. I think we're good. A lot of good points. Houston, Dallas. You know, you got Luca, Porzingis. You talk about a guy that came back from injury earlier this year and really, really was impressive. People forget how young he is. What is twenty four? Porzingis. I feel like he's been in the league for ten years already. Yeah. They're, you know, they're a very competitive team. They had another piece or two next. You know, look out next year. Look out for the Mavs in the future, man. Yeah, I mean, maybe they spend that money on Bradley Beal. Whew. How about that? Uh, if 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 uh, Dallas were to pick up Bradley Beal, and, I, and this, like, obviously this is completely speculative, but they'd be about championship ready, and they're close right now. They're they're, they're really close. Um, but hey, since we're on Dallas, man, might as well talk about Dallas. Obviously, we feel like. Luca is going to be, I would consider, one of the higher-owned players on the slate. I think he's probably going to challenge for top three in ownership for this particular slate. And, I mean, I definitely think it's warranted. I mean, the guy's been consistent. Uh, at the beginning of the season, he was pretty much a walking triple-double. Uh, he really didn't slow down much. And, you know, one of the things I like about it, he's taking the shots and he's filling up the stat sheet uh, as well. And so that, that, that's, that's all we can ask for. Uh, Porzingis at 8,600. 
I don't like the price on him as much with, with him playing with Luca. Uh, I just feel like he hasn't he hasn't really hit the ceiling as much with Luca. Now there were some games when Luca was out. I think I played him every game, and you can look at the you can look at him. I mean, fifty seven, seventy five, sixty six, sixty two. Maybe Luca played one of those, but for the most part, when Luca's been off the floor, this guy's been a dominant force. When Luca's been on the floor, obviously takes less shots, you know, gets more rebounds. Do I think he's going to be effective in this game? Absolutely. Who's going to stop him? I'm just really afraid of that $8,600 price tag. I don't feel as comfortable playing him as I do some of the other 8K guys. Like, let's say, um, um, oh, God, the center from uh, Orlando, Nikola Vucevic. I don't feel as comfortable playing Porzingis as I I do Vuce. But in this particular environment, lack of center position there in Houston – it's not like Porzingis can't step out and shoot the three. P.J. Tucker's not going to space Porzingis out. Porzingis has been a wing player prior to just playing inside. So I, I like him, don't love him for the price. Uh, but Luke is your guy, I think. And if we get a little bit of Seth Curry starting, I know it's 5K. I know that seems a little bit overpriced. But if this guy gets going with the three ball, uh, we could see him put up 20 to 25 real points in a hurry. So he's a guy – I think if you're stacking this game, despite the fact he's 5K, I think you get exposure, a little bit of exposure, even though he's really score independent. Yeah, uh, you made a lot of good points there. I'd be lying if I was crazy about anybody else in this game other than either Harden or Luka. Uh, Eric Gordon got hurt the other day. For those who are still catching up, he's not going to be active. Um, so that could open a, you know, I could see making a case for maybe Daniel House. You know, Rocco is on the Rockets now, which is still kind of weird. Uh I didn't expect that, but I'm going to know Eric Gordon tomorrow. So there's some uh, cheap pieces. I mean, Jeff Green's still floating around there. If you're talking about playing huge GPP fields or something like that. Yeah. And um, they picked up Damari Carroll too. Damari Carroll, man. Uh, I'm not playing Carroll, but I mean, he's 3K. They picked him up. He was with the Spurs, right? Yeah. I'm surprised he couldn't find a little niche role there. That He just seems like a Popovich guy, you know, grindy. A guy who grinds a defender, shoots the three, knows his role, shuts his mouth kind of thing. I, I'm a little shocked that, that he didn't stick with the Spurs. Uh, that was yeah. surprising to me. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. I mean, look, you know, speaking of Houston, I, I think Westbrook is the play. I, I, I know Harden is – it's just a price play. Like, Harden's 11K, Westbrook is 9,400. I don't think the price difference should be that much of a gap. Uh, so, in my opinion, I, I would side with Westbrook. And most people are probably going to side with Westbrook for that same reason. Right. Now, you hop on, on FanDuel, obviously they're playing two different positions. Westbrook is 9,800 and Harden is 10,6. I feel like the gap is a lot closer. But I, I don't feel like Westbrook is $1,600. He's not. He shouldn't be $1,600 cheaper than Harden. So, I, I think Westbrook is probably, in my opinion – the best value on the slate, you know, and I know we think of value a lot of times as the cheat guy, but I think in terms of actual value, I feel like Russell Westbrook for the floor and ceiling combination is probably the best value on the slate at 9,400. Per dollar, he stacks up with pretty much everyone. Anytime he's under 10 K, you know, like you mentioned, Porzingis and Luca kind of both really crushed when the other was not playing. Westbrook still kind of gets his. You know, Clint Capella's not there anymore. There's no seven-footer to steal his rebounds. He always goes out of his way for 
on the defensive side of the ball. The P.J. Tucker at center thing still blows my mind, but it's kind of been working out a little better than I expected. I remember before the break, Utah played Houston, and I was like, dude, Gobert is going to crap on P.J. Tucker, and obviously. And Gobert had, like, one of his worst games of the year. So <laughs> I don't really agree with the move yet. I mean, maybe – Maybe I'll be proved wrong. So far, so good. It's just weird seeing P.J. Tucker play the five. The guy's like six seven. Like, what is going on there? But, I mean, look at the offensive side of the ball. Look at all the space it creates for Westbrook, for Harden, when Eric Gordon's healthy. Daniel Howe shoots the three. Rocco shoots the three. Of course, P.J. Chuck, P.J. Tucker is the corner three match. Oh, man. Listen, we just got our first pod nickname, P.J. Chucker. P.J. Chucker. And that was an accident. Yes. <laughs> so he's under 4k on FanDuel at center just saying I mean I'm not playing him but you know anytime he's under 4k he can get a couple garbage steals or three points over there on FanDuel and before you know it, here we go a couple corner threes get in but the space that creates um you know Harden runs the ISO all the time anyway all he does is use the pick to switch so um you know I was a little surprised and I got rid of Capella initially but there, yeah. no one's in the paint no one's stopping Westbrook driving to that rim now so I do like that call at Westbrook, 9,400. Um, and I don't think he'll be super over-owned tomorrow either. You know, nice six-game slate. You know, Giannis will get some ownership. Obviously, Luka. Everybody just loves playing Luka. Everybody loves playing Luka. It is yeah. what it is. Um, so I like the call on Westbrook. You know, the guy just fills it up. He seems to be healthy. Played in a couple scrims. Uh, I'm not really concerned there at all. Uh, Covington, a guy, probably not going out of my way to get in the matchup. He was definitely um, – usable uh for a couple of games before COVID I know Gordon's not playing 6100 on DK I don't know I'll probably look elsewhere um anybody else in that game jumping out to you or is just kind of you know maybe for like bigger GPPs kind of thing yeah man I'm just going to stick to the main guys with this team I mean everybody's pretty much there I, I do think Daniel House is fine like if you need the Daniel House play I, mean, I, I think it's perfectly fine I mean he could easily put up 25 30 uh, he's only, I think, 3,800, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 3,800. I, I think that's incredibly fair for a guy that we – I think Daniel House is probably going to play 30 minutes. So, I, I, I like – I do like the price. He can shoot the ball. I think 3,800, you know, if you end up with the last spot in, you know, you're choosing between him and a couple other guys. I, I wouldn't mind it if you sided with Daniel House. So, we're about to wrap up here. I'm just looking at this slate, and I'll give you a couple – couple minutes to, to think about it. I just want to give me like, maybe just like your top over, maybe like top two fans will play. They don't have to be the highest point getters, but maybe just per, per dollar kind of thing. But while I'm letting you think about that, Magic City and their chicken wings. We know Lou Will. We know Lou Will left the bubble. I know we, talk, we talked a little bit uh, in our group chat earlier. We we're talking about food, of course. You know, I'm a big boy. I love to eat. So, I said, one day, if I take down one of these millies, man, we're going to go down to Magic City for the chicken wings, of course. But what's your favorite wing flavor, man? Who's got the best wings around by you? I mean, what's your go-to? You go out for a wing night, what are you getting? Man, uh, you know, we've, we've got – so I live in Charleston. Um, and so, you know, there's always places to eat here. I mean, it's just – it's a foodie place. Um and we've got so many different places to get wings. Here's what I will say, man. We've got a spot next to the food line where I live. It's a Chinese restaurant. Oh, my goodness. These honey wings, let me tell you, 
ridiculous. Ridiculous. So, you know, for, for all you guys out there, you know, we're used to going to Buffalo Wild Wings or a wing stop or something like that to get those wings for your game night. Or if you just want to kick back and watch the game, listen, don't, don't forget about your local Chinese place, man. Go, go grab those honey wings up. Uh, they can definitely fit the bill for a game night. And they're cheap. You know, you're getting five good wings for about four ninety nine. I mean, I, I can't beat that. If I if I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, I'm gonna spend at least ten dollars on some drumettes. Let, let's go and get the real thing. That's like getting off the chalk, man. That's like your GPP <laughs> find right there. All right. Yes. Yes. I was actually in Charleston last summer. I have a good friend that lives in Charleston. I'm from PA. Um, okay. But man, home team barbecue. They, they got oh, it. you know about that Ooh. place? Dude, I came home. I went on vacation there for a week. I literally went online and ordered some sauce. I was like, damn, I forgot to grab some sauce. So I had, like, barbecue sauce shipped to me, man. I can't wait to go back down there, man. I, that, that's a spot down there for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm more of, like, a traditional hot or, like, buffalo flavor. Um, man, there's some crazy wing flavors out anymore nowadays, man. I, I live next to a college town here. There's like peanut butter and jelly flavored wings and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, no, thanks. Like, I, I'll I'll be the traditionalist. Give me the hot. Give me the buffalo. Like, I'm in barbecue sometimes. I'm in. Oh man, listen, you might be starting another position, uh, another tradition here, man. Rest of the NBA season, we gotta have our GPP food call of the night. Hey, on a slow night, man, we, we could fill it up. We'll do an expert <laughs> survey. I know a lot of the guys are from Nashville. You want to talk about some good barbecue there? I've been there a couple times, too. So, yeah, uh, yeah man, maybe we'll just start a premium food uh, a food segment, you know, one of these. <laughs> but, you know, we, this, we've got some big tournaments here. DraftKings, FanDuel, NBA is back. So, I guess just, like, who who's, who are you locking in? Who is, like, your favorite play, you know, in general tomorrow that you just feel comfortable throwing in there? Uh, honestly, man, I, I think, and, and listen, I'm, I'm a GPP player at heart. So you, you guys have to understand that. And, and everybody does. I think my favorite play on the slate across all sites, I'm going off the board here. And this guy is, he's too cheap. Triple J is too cheap. Like he should not be 48 and 4,900 on these sites. Th- this is atrocious. Uh, maybe they have some news that I don't have that suggests he's going to play 10 minutes, but I don't have that news. Uh, Triple J across all sites is like one of my favorite plays on the slate. And if I'm going to the higher end, I'm just going to side with Giannis and try to get away from, from the Dallas Houston chalk. Uh, You know, those are guys I've talked about my affection for the Spurs players. Lonnie Walker would be like my absolute bottom of the barrel cheap play. So I, I know you asked for two. I gave you three. But Lonnie Walker, Greek, <laughs> and Triple J, th- those are my three favorite plays on the slate, hands down. Man, you steal my thunder, but that's a good thing. We're kind of on the same page there a lot. Uh, I'm probably going to go back uh, to Shabazz. Um, there's just a lot of places to spend your money, and I know a lot of people are probably going to pay up. So I- I'm probably going to have more of uh, DeAndre Ayton than probably the next person. I uh, just think he's in a really good spot under AK on DK. I was just scrolling through. I saw Jacob Puerto. Is it Puerto? Hurdle, Puerto, whatever. Yeah. 4,700 for the Spurs. So, you know, he's a guy whose name's probably got taught. You know, you think, wow, Spurs value, no Aldridge. He's usually before below 4K when people play him. 4,700, he's a little too volatile for me, I think, uh, especially who knows with whatever Popovich is going to do with the first game in the bubble. But, yeah, man, I think that's it, man. I think we, we had a pretty nice show, covered a lot of ground here. We'll be 
bring a lot more Morning Grind NBA podcast to all of you. Uh, you can check out Will on Twitter, the Chief, Chief Justice 06. Will, what do you got going on? I know you cover a lot of MLB and some other things like that. So what do you kind of do during the week, Ireland NBA? Yeah, man, NBA cover sports cars. Uh, shout out to my boy Simon, everybody in the sports car Discord. Uh, don't, 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 that's my little fam over there. Uh, and, and, and that's kind of what I'm doing right now, just, just grinding. My MLB, NBA sports cars, that's where I'm at. All right, well, hey, we'll be coming back next week right here on the Roto Grinders Morning Grind. So for the Chief, Will Priester, I'm Justin Carlucci. Good luck and have a great weekend, everybody.